Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a man who doesn't believe it's possible to put human morality onto penguins. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Welcome to yet another edition of Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rehearlestepur. Never get used to it. It's not you. I tell you, you're a much better audience than we had last week. <laughs> Slightly drunker, says Mackenzie Crook in the front row. Funny you'd be back again. Uh, thought, I, thought I dissed you so badly last week. It's still going out this week, so I don't know why I'm saying that. But. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's good to be back. We've uh, just been talking to Nick Frost. We're going to have some lovely prizes there. Very excited. Not as good as the chalk actually used by me one and me two, is it? Sure, that is um, that is in the history of the world. I was trying, I was trying to argue this to some comedians the, the, the other day. I said uh, we're talking about the, the me one versus me two snooker, which if you don't know about it, is me playing myself at snooker and commentating on it as I'm doing. And I said the episode in which me two drinks and me one does not drink is is one of the t- 
is the cl- one of the classic pieces of comedy. And in 20 years' time, I was joking, by the way, when I said this. <laughs> in 20 years' time, it will be Morecambe and Wise with the toast in the morning, Del Boy falling through the bar, and me one versus me two. <laughs> <laughs> both being drunk they, did, they weren't buying it and neither are you uh, so I had, I've had an odd week with my sat nav this week it's been, my sat nav is um, it's kind of possessed uh, I need a sat nav I can't I, I can't navigate at all using maps I have the brain of a woman and I think that's a good thing <laughs> yeah, don't, now you're confused aren't you there's a woman who's halfway through being upset and then I suddenly turned it around and now Mia Farrow is confused about <laughs> you're not giving me a hard time like you did with Woody leave me alone uh, and if we ever have an adopted daughter together, I promise you I won't fuck her. That is an almost... I promise. Unless she gets older and is really hot. I, I'm not related to her. So, um... <laughs> if that ever happens... Uh, or a penguin. No, let's not do cross-references, are we? I am doing I'm doing a massive cross-reference. But, uh, I won't talk too long about it, but basically... I'm, I'm reliant on it. I was driving to Oxford this time last week, on a Monday, um, and... Uh, I, I, I live in Harpenden at the moment. We knew I had to go down the M1, round the M25 and up the M40. I knew that. I could do that. But my sat-nav t- said, go off here, go left here. I thought they must know some secret, secret way to get to Oxford that I don't know about. And it took me off. And then it took me in a massive circle and confused me. And I didn't know where I was going. And then I ended heading back towards Harpenden again. And half an hour had passed by and I'd gone 16 further miles. So it's kind of trying to trick me and get me. And, do, and I think it might take me somewhere and, and have me killed. Because I'm so reliant on it. I kind of think it's quite an interesting idea, a sort of Twilight Zone idea. But I also lost my sat I, I, I left my flat on my way to London. It was a really easy journey. I still took it. And it was in my... I put it in my pocket of my suit, and I knew it was there. I could feel the weight of it. When I got to my car, it had disappeared, completely disappeared. We searched everywhere for it. It went high and low, back to the flat. Everything, it completely disappeared. There was no, and I, I couldn't understand. There was no one around. There was no reason it could have gone. I checked everywhere, under the seats, everything, it disappeared. Then the next day, I got woke up at six o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep because I was worried about my sat nav. Where it is. And it, was, it disappeared, it was supernatural. Uh, it was solid, and then it was not solid any longer, and then I found it under the car seat. <laughs> but I'd looked there, and I'd looked there two minutes before, so it's a magic, I think it's, it's either, there's only three real explanations, either I am old and going mad, it is not that. Uh, <laughs> But somehow, uh, it's, you know, it was there all along and I didn't see it. Or, I think it's an alien sat-nav that's been sent to observe me and the car journeys I'm taking so that when the aliens come to try and take us over, they can, they'll know, you know the more regular routes I take. <laughs> and you may laugh, but Randy Quaid destroyed them last time, didn't you? You wouldn't expect that. So maybe they've, they're, they're not going to be bitten twice. Anyway, after having warmed you up so amazingly uh, with my... <laughs> true life heart thought out stories will you please welcome the sixth sexiest Jew I don't know if that's ever I want to know who the top five are I've thought of one that I'd like but um <laughs> not going to tell you I'm not going to tell you who it was it's too horrible will you please welcome <laughs> will you I'm not going to have some things have to remain a mystery and then if you say them I'll go oh that is disgusting will you please it is Albert Einstein it's Albert Einstein no, no, don't stop shouting Anne Frank as if I would have thought of that. She was a very attractive woman. Uh, will you please welcome? It's taken a turn for the worst, David. I'm sorry. He might not come out. <laughs> oh, David, there he is. David Baddiel. David Baddiel. 
I called you David Baddiel by mistake, I'm sorry. Oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't bear any longer. Just, I really couldn't. The sat-nav staff for a start, and then the Jew staff just this going is, mental. It was like, is... As a Jew back there, I thought it was a pogrom for a second. Especially when people just start shouting, Anne Frank. <laughs> I fancy Anne Frank. Like, she's about to be raped like a dead penguin by a Nazi. It, it, gets, it takes a, a weird little turn in. You're very tired today. I am quite tired Because you've been today, in yeah. Krakow. Krakow, yeah, 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 it? It sounded like you just coughed. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I've been in Krakow. I was in Poland. Because I've gone to every... Uh, big football tournament in the last few years and uh, either podcasting myself with Frank Skinner or doing something else there and I thought I really want to watch this one from London Uh, and then I've got a Polish friend I say friend, she's my cleaning lady obviously (laughs) and and she's got... (laughs) Has anyone got a Polish friend who isn't a builder or a cleaning lady? Who knows? And anyway, she, a uh, very nice woman, though, and offered us her house in Krakow. That's nice. So I thought I'd go over there and just hang out, in fact, during the, the start of the tournament, which was a lot. But on the way back, I travelled by Ryanair, right? And um, I don't want to do Ryanair material, but it was... Uh, this is just what happened to me this morning. It's, there was a bloke next to me. As soon as he sat down, he's an England fan. Uh, I thought he's really drunk, right? Really very drunk. And we got to just landing at... Stansted, and he suddenly said to me, and my daughter, my, my 10-year-old daughter's next to me, and she's got a phobia about vomiting. He suddenly goes, have you got a bag? Because I'm going to be sick, right? And the thing is that Ryanair, they don't have even the nets in front of the chairs, let alone the bags, right? They don't have them, yeah? So what he meant was, can you give me your rucksack to be sick in, or possibly your trousers, right? So eventually I rang the bell, and a bloke appeared, and I said, he's going to be sick. And for a second, I've no doubt about this, the Ryanair bloke was going to ask him for some money for the bag. <laughs> and he was literally about to be sick, and he just looked at him like, how much is that going to cost him? So that had already happened, and then earlier to that... Has anyone ever done this on Ryanair? You know they have the priority boarding thing, right? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. They have this stupid priority boarding thing... So I, I was there with five people, right? My, my partner, my two children, uh, me, and my cleaning lady, right? Um, and uh, she could, so in case anyone is sick, she can clear up. Uh, and um, so, so uh, she, uh, so uh, what we did was, has anyone ever done this? We bought uh, five of us. We bought two priority boarding tickets in the hope that we would keep. The seats oh, around clever. us, right? Yeah. So me, me and the, the multi-millionaire David well, Baddiel there. <laughs> that's, that's the point, Richard. That's the point, right? Is I, I hadn't really counted on still being a bit famous, right? Because I'm, I'm there, right? And uh, and the clean ladies on the, the other row, and I'm saying in this very kind of moral way to people who are saying, "Can I sit there?" I'm saying I'm keeping these for my children, right? Thinking that'll do. And a bloke just looks at me and went, "David Baddiel, fucking tight." <laughs> he actually then said priority board he went through the whole thing you've got Prius I said alright go away <laughs> so that was an unfortunate journey. said I'm not that tight I paid for two of them yeah exactly no the clean lady had to pay for herself obviously <laughs> I so paid tired, two you pounds an hour <laughs> so you've come back on the day that England were playing first of all what is this Here's my dad this right. Is, this is like Take Nick Frost's cock this uh, <laughs> particular thing is it's it meant to say right got yeah. it. Um, my dad calls you David Baddiel. I heard you say that earlier. Is got that, no and is that then. correct? Because if you say it's not correct, it's not you're correct. saying my dad is wrong. You're calling yeah. my dad a liar. Yeah, and that dad, will be a bad I'm start. calling your dad a cunt. My, so that's my, what I, 
that's my, what I'm doing. Yes. My dad calls you David Badiol, and so yeah. if he does it, why must did be he correct that. him? You know it's not Badiol. You calls, think it's funny? No one else does. He also calls Dorito Doritos, though. Yeah, I know. I know that. Here's the incredible thing, right? This is absolutely true, right? My cleaning lady is called Stasha, yeah. right? And her sister, who was in Poland, is called Dorita. And because of you calling Doritos, Dor- I call her Doritos. I know that's not that incredible, but for me, it is. That's it's because of my dad. That's because of my dad. That's the, yeah, yeah. the influence on Some comedy. Some people do my dad call me Badiel. It's true. Yeah. I used to do this joke, which occasionally people tweet me about. I say that people get my name completely wrong. It is incredible how wrong they can get it. I was once at a party, and someone just came in and went, Taxi for David Bladdy Blub. And, uh, <laughs> absolutely true. I just think, how can you get it that wrong? It's, it not, it's not, that is a Polish version of it. That's completely wrong. It was a flower pot man version of it. That's, it was, that's exactly. one for Maybe the, they were the older, the older listeners. But no, it's not Badiel. I mean, I don't know what Badiel. it is. It's just what someone told me it was. Right. My dad. My dad. He might have got it wrong. So, yeah, know. so my, are you saying your dad knows more than my, my dad? My dad's a headmaster. Yeah. So, yeah. I call oh, you Herring. Yeah, you can Herring. Herring, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's from Heidi High, isn't it? <laughs> Richard Herring. <laughs> but a, now you are frightening me. It is. It's, it's you know, if you want to do an impression of a Nazi, uh, someone once told me that all you have to say is papers, please. <laughs> which you were almost about to say. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I won't. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to avoid the uh, the Holocaust material. Just, well, no, I just should say you, I just should... while you're just while you're a guest. Well, no, I should say just because you brought it up right at the start. Yeah. Is but... uh, I was. I don't even know what it was in. Uh, some poll uh, did vote me the world's. Wow. And this was about 2004, so I'll have gone okay. down by now. Uh, but the world's six, se- not because lots of Jews have been killed, just because <laughs> just, just I'm less famous. Um, Jews get there. sexier the older they get, that's, yeah, what, I- <laughs> that's what I hope. Uh, I got voted the world's six sexiest Jew, and I was flattered, and then I discovered that number five, absolutely true, was Sir Alan Sugar. Uh, <laughs> That, that was it. I was well, gone. he's gone off the boil a bit. Yeah, right? yeah, in 2004, he was pretty sexy. He was sexy. really sexy, yeah. Number <laughs> one was David Schwimmer. Oh, yeah, he's He was nice. in... Oh, no, he directed Run, Fat Boy Run, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's all these strange Everything things. connects. I've often wondered who was beyond me as well, because I think the reason I was only in that poll at all was that most people in Britain don't know more than about five Jews. So I reckon stretching backwards to ten, number ten would have been Hitler, just, <laughs> just by association. Was it, was it the sixth sexiest male Jew? Or would you, I think all Jews, all yeah. Jews. So Anne Frank, Anne Frank might have been in there. I don't think there are any... Se- I'm not sure there are any sexy female Jews, are there? <laughs> Who? Who? Well, actually, there are, there are a few. Natalie Portman, actually, there are, all, there are quite a few female sexy Jews who are in the closet. Like Gwyneth Paltrow, for example, uh, Jewish, but dyes her hair blonde. Who? Mary Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene? Is she... (laughs) Is she in the closet? (laughs) Is she sexy? She was a prostitute, of course. Because she was. That's 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 why he's saying she was a prostitute. I'd have said Mary, mother of Jesus, would be the sexiest Jew. (laughs) That's true. Because she was a virgin as well. I mean, it's a double double sexy, but still had kids and stuff. And... That's God fancied her. Yeah, God, God go. must have really fancied her. Or was it the angel Gabriel who fancied her more than God? Or was it just some bloke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the truth is out finally. <laughs> he could throw his voice a little bit. Uh, yeah. Keith Harris. Had these big wings. <laughs> yeah, it was Orville. Yeah. It could have been. <laughs> 
Well, actually, well, I think Jesus maybe would, would maybe would, what? maybe sex with David Baddiel. That's uh, uh, well. I mean, does he count as a Jew or a Christian? Depends what version of Jesus. The Robert Powell version of Jesus yeah. is very sexy. And Jesus. What? Jesus is sexier than Robert Powell. Jesus, no, Jesus is, is Jesus. Robert Powell. That is the sexy Jesus. <laughs> the real Jesus. No, because you've got like old medieval versions of Jesus where he's all skeletal and fucked up. That's not sexy. <laughs> then you get to Jesus of Nazareth on the BBC. Then he's sexy. When he's been crucified, that's pretty sexy. For who? <laughs> Actually, I can, if you find that sexy, Richard, yeah. which I think you do, I, uh, I can tell you an interesting fact, which is that to disguise... Because in the Middle Ages, uh, there was a big effort to disguise the Jewishness of Jesus. He was obviously a Jew, but they sort of didn't really like to admit that yeah. in the in Middle Ages because they were burning Jews and stuff. So it was kind of complicated to, to worship one and burn a lot of other ones. <laughs> that's that's history. Um, and uh, and so what, a lot of early paintings of Jesus are, are naked. He was because that is historically correct. Is Jesus? He was naked. He would, no, no, he he would have been. He would have been, cruci- he would have been. No, naked. no, you would have been crucified naked. And the loincloth was added. To, yeah. So that people didn't see a circumcised oh. cock. I'm going to say cock of God. People, <laughs> people, so, so, as, so, so being educational, so we're allowed to do that. Yeah, so people didn't get worried about, oh, he obviously is Jewish. You see what I'm yeah. saying? They added the loincloth as propaganda. But Michelangelo's David uh, is uncircumcised. Is it? Yeah. So. It's a tiny cock. Yeah, it's a t- <laughs> it really is very small, which, which is odd. Well, it's quite... Do you think he ran out of marble? It's, it's quite... But it's, very, it's a very big statue, so it's still... If you just chopped the cock off and then waved it at someone I mean it's not, a, it's not do you think it's a big dang. cock and it's just a big it's actually well, quite a it's big mass, cock it would be a big cock if you saw it out of context are you, if you are wait, to, and it's you, unerect as well I mean it's not like David's got an erection so he might have been a grower not a shower might he David that's the thing it might just be the size of the sculpture I remember I used to notice that when Jeremy Beadle God rest his soul was alive <laughs> um, that he <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going with this? Well, that Jeremy Beadle. Jeremy Beadle had a very, very tiny hand. Do you remember that? He had a tiny hand. And I remember thinking, oh, that's quite a shame for Jeremy, but when he puts his cock in it, it must look huge. I remember thinking it. And he could trick people with it in a strange version of Beadle's Abel. He could trick women with it. I don't think that Jeremy Beadle is dead. I think he's... No, I he's think risen he's again. Building, he's building up. Yeah. It's a really very big amazing. gotcha. <laughs> That's funny. If he popped out now... Yeah. No, that would be I'm very good. More ways than one. Podcast. That's good. Well, I'll ask you this before I forget, seeing we're on the subject. Um, and you, are, you were in the audience, I think, so you may be primed. Have you, David Baddiel, and I think the answer is yes, mm. ever attempted to suck your own cock? I'm I thought you might everyone. leave the cock stuff for a little bit and no, come I back to thought, it later I on. Well, no, get out thought, okay. Let's get out of the way while we're on the well, subject, because I'm sure things, it won't come back. One of the things we discussed earlier, me, me, me and Richard, is that how both of us, I think, are comedians who, when we're just chatting like this and there's no kind of set materials, we do just tell the truth, don't we? I always do. If someone asks me a question, I would just immediately tell the truth. And so since you asked me that, obviously yes. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever taken a poll? I'm not sure there are women in this audience, uh, but I have uh, taken a poll of this because I do my show. Talking cock is literally that. I've done an anonymous online questionnaire and I've asked men, yeah. and about five thousand men have answered this question. And they, they all say sixty-eight percent. Sixty-eight percent said they've attempted to suck their own cock. So what, I can't do the maths, but forty-two percent are lying. Thirty-two percent of men are lying. He's an English graduate. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 Double first from Cambridge. Yeah. So don't, don't uh, what I've done is I've addled my my brain with cocks. That's the problem. <laughs> so uh, 32 yeah, so percent of men claim they haven't even tried it, which I but, no, I but like... Nick Frost was the first person to uh, openly admit on this, oh, no, this forum. I see this as a very important 
question. This is what it's all about, this whole series. Mm. Is he the first person to admit? I think he's the first person to openly admit. Haven't you had John... quite so much detail. Oh, right, so much detail. Jonathan Ross, I forgot Jonathan to Ross. Ross. But he Mon- said that he... Ha- when I tweeted him and asked him about it, oh, right. he said that he hadn't done that. Jonathan Ross has got a very big penis. Yeah, I so remember Frank Skinner once famously said that you could perch three turkeys on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Uh, I don't know how he knows that. It's incredibly medieval, Frank, obviously. Uh, but uh, I... Uh, well, presumably quite an erect penis yeah, as well. well I, I hope they so. can take the weight of three so. turkeys. Otherwise the turkey's flapping its wings <laughs> to stay on. Thinking this is worse than Christmas. Uh, but uh, I... Uh, yes, of course I have, yeah. yeah. Uh, I uh, tried quite a lot. Because uh, you say it as if it would only happen once. I think about a year and a half. I was I was giving it a go. Uh, well, for me, and I'm sure I would have thought this was the case for most men. What happened was is I I was really trying, and then my back really started to hurt. And not being a masochist, my erection shriveled up because it was so painful and uncomfortable. And I was then having to move my neck further and further up. That hurt my neck. And unlike Nick Frost, I can't ejaculate under those kind of circumstances and I personally don't believe that he did ejaculate I think that was very funny but just said for comedy purposes because I was in too much pain I mean, right, he's a very limber man. He can do salsa dancing. He wasn't back then. I, yeah. presume, you know, I presume usually this is as a younger man. I mean, we could take this further and we could like attempt to demonstrate it now. That could be that. a little extra for the people. I, I who really do don't want to do that now. So well, you've done it, presumably. I did. Yeah, I did. We've talked about it. I mean, I could get. I could. So get, I was clapping as if that's going to make us do it. I love that. Yeah, come on. No, we're let's, not going to do it now. Let's see two men who combined age of two over ninety age comedians and then in a Terrible, desperate moment, suck each other's because that's easier. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought in the 1990s it would come to this? Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was doing. It. <laughs> so I could, I could just get the end in, but I, I, I could just, you? Yeah, but I just sort of thought, what, what am I doing? <laughs> Once yeah. I was there, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like having my cock sucked. It was like having a cock in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, you operate in both halves, don't you? That's the problem, is that you're in both halves of the equation yeah. in that circumstance. So if, I could now, if it was now, I could pretend it was me one and me two, and I play snook, yeah. and it, okay, it would probably work. But back yeah. then, I didn't have that dichotomy as clearly defined yeah. in my head. Sorry, someone's talking, yeah? Don't podcast that. Why not? Oh, has he, has he changed your mind? What? Strange. Richard, Richard. Do you understand Richard. what this is, right? The man saying, please don't podcast this. This is what we're doing, right? <laughs> you can't just come along and say, I'm going to, can you edit that bit out? You mean, it, actually don't show ourselves it, doing it. Yeah, is it something. Jesus? Is it Jesus? <laughs> oh, I, saying, don't podcast the stuff about me and this in the same thing. <laughs> We won't uh, film it. No, but I not... ne- I didn't, it didn't work for me. No. And I tried quite a lot of stuff. Quite a lot of stuff. I yeah. considered once putting Marmite on my cock in order to get my cat to lick it off. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually do that, but... Well, actually, I put the marmite on and then I washed it off. I felt, <laughs> I felt bad about it. Uh, but, uh, my cat liked marmite as well. Really? Yeah, they yeah. love marmite. And they've got a little kind of weird tongue, haven't they? Where they where yeah, well, that was partly like... my worry. Yeah. That, it might hurt a bit. <laughs> Sandpapery. Yeah, I know. That's a, I didn't want that. Uh, I've lost the audience. And without a foreskin to protect him, that could be... No, that's, that's true. what the foreskin's there for. That's true. Yeah, You've taken exactly... off the protective layer. Leave it there. That's yeah. for if you're running through the brambles. Yeah. That's what it's there for. What about Vegemite? Vegemite, my cat didn't like Vegemite. No, I don't think... And also, I'm guessing we weren't in Australia at the time. (laughs) I'd have had to take my cat through quarantine (laughs) and that would be a terrible nightmare. 
But uh, I did try all sorts because I, I, when I was a teenager, I didn't think I'd ever have sex. Uh, and so, you know, I thought I might have to resort to whatever. Yeah. Bestiality. Bestiality. Yeast extract based bestiality. Yeah. And the sucking your own cock thing. I'm sure there are other things if I cast my mind back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I may have talked to you for my show, uh, my Talking Cock show, which is returning to the Edinburgh Fringe. Edfringe.com. You can get that tickets That was a now. really, really downbeat sort of woo. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> They've been here a long time. If yeah. you lock them in a room long enough yeah. and talk about sucking your own cock, they start to like you again. But there's, there's a big period they go through. Where can I they... ask? Can I, I don't want to talk just about the cock thing, but are there, is there any many who have never, ever tried this? Can you put your hands up? Right, and Mackenzie Cr- and they're right. all saying now some people Mia thought... Farrow hasn't tried. You, you haven't tried it, but you haven't tried it. It's never even crossed your mind. Well, why not? Your dick's too small, okay. <laughs> Straightforward honesty, I like that. that. That means I believe he's never tried it, because you know, might as well tell me. What about you, sir? You've never considered it? Hang on, so, no, there's, there's a thing. woman there who's saying to her boyfriend, what, you've tried it? He's <laughs> breaking out some relationships. Yeah. Well, if you won't do it for him, what's he supposed to do? <laughs> you've driven him to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He thinks it's your mouth whilst it's going on. No one else's. <laughs> so it's an interesting question, it? isn't it? It's it is an interesting question. You don't get that on other uh, interview shows. Who else have you, you've asked everyone? I've asked, I forgot to ask Jonathan, I asked uh, Tim Minchin. He probably did a song about it. He probably wrote a little song about sucking his own cock. He did, and yeah. uh, I asked Charlie Higson, who was then concerned about his... Ch- sales of his children's, children's books. books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they didn't, they didn't might really suddenly drop. Yeah. Uh, Charlie uh, Brooker. Can't, can't oh, she must have done. He surely well, I think he can't remember what he said. I, I don't really oh, listen. Blimey. So, do you come to really every show just really for the cockpits? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's making a chart. That's uh, They're making... Uh, Making charts of celebrities who were so talking chart, about you, Tim said he did. Charlie Brooker? Charlie Brooker, first person shooter, surely. First person, first person shooter. shooter. What's that a reference to? It's a, it's a poor joke. See, it's harder, isn't it? It's harder than it looks. <laughs> harder, it's kind of, it is. Uh, I don't know if it you can't is. just say stuff and people laugh, you know, as we're discovering <laughs> through this tortuous process. Of making up comedy for hours on end yeah. until with two with a tired man who's been on a plane yeah, I am with exhausted. his cleaner. Um, well, how did you did you watch the England game? Of course you did. How, I did how, watch how, the how, do you th- how do you feel England are going to well, do I some think... fantasy football? Uh, I don't really care. No, you, how don't, do you, you think... don't really care about football, do you? I like I support York City FC. Oh yeah, you don't who, care about uh, football then. Who have. Uh, <laughs> Won more t- more trophies this season than then Chelsea what? have. No, that isn't true, is it? <laughs> they Did they two. win the European Cup? <laughs> They've won two trophies at Wembley. Right, OK, well done. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a bit meh. I thought we played a bit like Fulham, a bit like West Brom, a bit like Liverpool when they were shit, and that's because Roy Hodgson is the manager. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we might, we might do all right. I just think it's a very unexciting England team at the moment. I did mention this. Uh, does anyone follow me on Twitter at all? No one. No. What is the point? <laughs> what is the point of fucking Twitter? I've got, I don't know, nearly 200,000 followers. I say I'm doing this event, none of them turn up. <laughs> they're just at home wanking. I don't know what they're doing. But none of them turn up. It's no. amazing. You think this is brilliant. I've got my own advertising thing. You say I'm doing something, no one comes. I think everyone just looks at the, what people are saying to them and doesn't look yeah, at doesn't anyone else. else. Yeah. Well, what I noticed about the football was the chairs on the ITV. Are you, are you watching the football? Yeah. Have you seen the chairs that the ITV people... 
are sitting they're on. Massive. They're, they're massive, very good. Uh, and they're also, they're like big potato waffles. Have you noticed that? Go, yes, there's a, t- one man's remembered it and he's laughing. Do you think they're shreddies? I think they're more like bird's eye potato waffles, which are waffly versatile and <laughs> therefore could be made into a chair. Do you see? So watch out for that. Yeah, I, I, you look, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. When I came in, I watched them on these screens, and they don't have a TV aerial in the Leicester Square Theatre, so they were streaming the internet, and uh, it was Adrian Charles going, hello, 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 hello. It's like that. everything he really? said echoed. It was kind of incredible. I think he should do... I think Adrian Charles should make that his gimmick and do that all the time, because <laughs> it was much more entertaining than he said before. Just everything he said echoed like he was some kind of... God from the olden days. Mm. So um, you studied in English literature at Cambridge University, yeah. like some posho. Yeah, and you studied at Oxford, like yes. some cunt. Yeah, <laughs> I worked my way up. Yeah. Uh, not like you. What, well, you got, a, you got a double first. You must have worked really hard. I did. I was just clever. Were you? Yeah. I'd, I got a two-one. I didn't do any work though. So who's the cleverest? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you Me. did. I, yeah. I think I think you are the yeah. cleverest. But you did a PhD. You didn't complete. Yeah, that's right. In Victorian sexualisation uh, sexualized, of children. Sort of. Yeah. Let's well, that's what it says in the paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I did stuff about the little girl, the figure of the little girl in Victorian literature oh. and weirdo Victorian attitudes towards that. But do you want to talk about that? I can feel a chill. Certainly over the audience. Even why, would, why would a man choose to study that? Because oh, I'm a paedophile, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what your implication was I'm there, a, Richard. I feel like only little girls from the 19th century. Yes, oh, I, no, I can only have sex be sexually around sat, by 19th yeah. century children. That's right. I curved my back round to get my cock in my mouth and thought about <laughs> Lewis Carroll. That's what I did. And Dickens was quite into... Dickens was into it, and uh, yeah, Ruskin. There's a famous thing. Well, you may be interested in this, which is Ruskin, the great critic and writer of the 19th century. There is a... Uh, No-one's ever quite known if this is true, but he was married to someone called F.E. Gray, and their marriage was annulled a few years later. Uh, and in the court case, uh, F.E. Gray said that on their wedding night they hadn't had sex. It wasn't consummated, because Ruskin had said that she was not made as he'd imagined women to be. And everyone has assumed since then that that means means pubic hair, right. Right? and that's to do with the Victorian horror of the adult woman. But it might have been that she had five tits. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Might she just never cock, and that's what he'd <laughs> yeah, well, he been that, told. He assumed that, that was what yeah. came about. Who wrote Animal Farm? George Orwell. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? <laughs> I thought, some people don't remember it once they've got the exam. Are you just going <laughs> to just surprise me yeah. with literary questions? Complete the title of this novel, Pride and... <laughs> Prejudice. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. Amazing. I'd have to look these up before the show. We'll keep, I'll ch- keep chucking him in. Yeah. We'll see how he does. If I keep drinking, I might get them wrong. <laughs> Is that what the exam made? Do you remember, do you remember your finals? Did you, do all, did you do anything? When I did my finals, it was all just ten papers. And none, none, none of the other work I'd done that I hadn't done for three years. Account for anything. If I, if they, and so it was just down to like five days of exams. Is that, yeah. that true for you as well? well? Basically, yeah. I remember I wrote an essay that I thought was a good essay. And I thought, I'll just basically memorise that and redo it in the exam. And I got about halfway through the exam, uh, having answered question five, that I thought was a bit like, uh, this will do for that essay. And then I realised that question number seven was a better question for that essay. So I just tipexed out the first two sentences. You know, so I just rewrote that bit of the question and then put the same essay in. Wow. And got a first. <laughs> What I did is... Who's I, the clever one I now? got off with a couple of girls who were quite good at history and, and borrowed their notes. Did you? Yeah, not at the same time. 
No. Well, I've been rude. It always comes back to getting <laughs> off with girls. <laughs> it when you're back in those days, it yeah. was. You're married now. I am married. Look, How's there's that? the proof. How's uh, that going pretty good. I'm pretty I don't sweet. like you holding up your hands like that, so there's pretty the proof. There with is. you, I think that means something vaginal. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the ring? <laughs> Smell my fingers. Yeah, that's, so. what, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going yeah, for. I didn't want to say it. I left it to the subtler people to know that. They weren't getting it, though. No. How is it? How's marriage? It's all right so far. Because you used to be a big shagger. I'm, but for I'm, someone who looks like you, you a, used to be. I prefer to see myself as a romantic uh, man about town. Uh, I no. had my moments. You were kind of a sleazy <laughs> sort of. for a while, and then I think I got quite good at it. Did, good yeah, at what? At being a, a nice man and also having sex with different people. Uh, no, but were you? Did, were you in lots of different relationships, or were you basically a one-night stand man? No, or? it's all different sorts of things, David. Like, like what? <laughs> well, sometimes it's one-night stands, but increasingly I'd be. In, I dated fifty women in fifty days. Fifty? Did you? Well, from my Edinburgh shows, show? Yeah. Did you and fuck quite a lot of them? So I've used the word fuck. I'm sorry. I fell in love with many of them. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't really anticipate it being like that because I just thought. My, and actually, at that point, I wasn't. I was. I would. I wasn't very good at uh, asking people out. I was very shy and nervous. I'd get drunk and I'd get off with people before then. But I went. I kind of forced myself to do this thing where I had to ask people on dates and go on dates and organise dates. And I assumed everyone would just think, "Oh, this is a bit of fun." And also, he's dating forty-nine other women, so obviously, that's there's nothing going on. But it it, it was completely opposite. Right. <laughs> In that, I think a because it was sort of trivial and fun. Mm. It was a good way to have a first date. So you did, and you met lots of people I really liked. So I, I did. But, but can was, I ask you something? I, I, got a bit bored by that bit yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was a great show should we get, uh, should we get just a, yeah, but, can you tell me how you shagged him yeah. which but ones no, I want to know one, I want to know something specific which is uh, neither of us are necessarily I was very uh, nervous and frightened with women when I was a teenager and then I got famous and that helped an awful lot uh, and I was able to... I suddenly rose in the ranks of yeah. shagability enormously. And I wonder if that happened to you, even though you're less famous than me. I wonder... <laughs> it didn't really... Now, it didn't, did it work for you when you no, were... No, a little, tiny little bit, but not really. I think, I, A, I wasn't very good. I still wasn't very good at coping with it, but I, well, it didn't really happen for us in that way. And so I think, actually, in my, in my 30s, when I wasn't famous again, I did... I, I was doing... I, but I, I... By a process... Of trial and error, right. I became quite good at understanding. Was it just was deadening, deadening yourself to rejection yeah. as well? Just asking and asking. There's a lot of rejection. I think, like when I did start, I think I did just throw enough shit at the wall and hope some of it would stick. Well, that's it's a strange sexual practice. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> but uh, no, I think uh, doing that show and dating those women, especially, I think I kind of realised what you know that it wasn't as difficult as you imagine, and that actually it's a shift in your understanding and I think honesty is a big thing and the, what, mm. what women liked about me doing this thing was mm. I was very I was completely upfront and honest about mm. what I was doing and of course you forget that or, or you know you just have to meet someone else who wants the same sort of thing so what you're you, if I met someone who's going oh, I'm looking to well, I want to get married and I'm looking for the life partner I go well I'm not interested in that at the moment mm. and that was fine so it's, it's, it's just being honest and finding the person who wants the same as you and there's millions so honesty, of people in the world honesty worked yeah what, and what actually with, with the honesty of it completely worked in that I did end up sort of genuinely sort of dating about eight women uh, who, I'd, who had seen these dates but I told them all I was seeing like I said I'm in a quite confusing position yeah. so I've just and actually two of the people I really liked within the process of me dating 50 women met other people while I, while I was going on which is fair enough obviously so it kind of it was a very odd and confusing situation more for me than anyone else I think I got, right. I got I got more hurt by it than anyone else and more confused by it and just got drunk really by the end and just tried but, to but you never you never sort of like went up like thought I'd 
What I'm trying to say is that honesty worked for you, but you never thought about dieting. <laughs> for example. No need. Yeah, no need, no, fair enough. No. I've, I've, I've given that up now as well, all that. I'm dieting at the moment. Oh, you what? Yeah, I've lost about half a stone since, since I got married. Really? I, did, I was meant to lose weight before I got married, but I didn't manage to do it because I was on tour. But since I got married, I've lost half a stone. And well, what diet are you on? Just don't eat as much stuff and exercise. <laughs> OK. But actually, if you just... I, I, I do it very much. He's, turned, he's interviewing me. He's turned this around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are both the same in that we have to just fucking answer the questions. Yeah. I just should have lied to it. Um, what I do is, like, you know, you're allowed a certain number of calories a day. Yeah. Either in food, and if you do exercise, you get more, the more calories. All that. So is that like Weight Watchers? But it's, it's the same principle. Do you go just, to someone where no, you get no, no. humiliated? I've got a don't. thing on my phone where it just tells, you know, you just type in what you've eaten and it tells you how many calories it is. And if you go exercising, it tells me. It's like a video game. Well, like an app. Yeah. And it says, stop it, you fat cunt. Yeah. No, 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 no. It doesn't even do that. You're allowed to go really? over. But if you don't, you know, you just eat less than. It's, it's, it's just a mathematical equation, and I'm better at maths than you. Yes, you are. Uh, but I, a bit fatter. <laughs> Only a bit. Only just. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, All right, you ask me a question now. I will. Um, do you, have you heard anything from N. M. Khan in the? In the uh, thank you for the fourth. I went. To, I went past it today. That is a really odd coincidence. For people like for the mass of people in here, well, there's not that many, obviously, but for the mass of people here who don't know, uh, on Mary Whitehouse Experience, a show I did on telly quite some time ago. Uh, this is part and parcel of the truth thing. Actually, is yeah. that I was always. I am going to say something serious about comedy now, which is what That's these podcasts right, are slightly supposed to be about, which is uh, that sometimes people ask me, uh, strangely, about how they should start as comedians, and I always think that there's one thing, there's only one piece of advice, really, you can give, which is don't think about what you think is supposed to be funny, I mean, in the big community chest of what's funny, uh, but just think about what's funny in your life or about you, and then put that out there and assume you know it's quite a brave thing to do in a way that someone will chime with your experience but for god's sake don't work backwards from oh anoraks are funny or you know train spotters are funny just think about what there is in your life so i actually put this on the telly and i didn't know whether anyone was going to chime with it or not but in fact a lot of people did which is on the north circular road and this is a long time ago now there used to be a bridge uh, i think it's in woodgreen it's near woodgreen uh, and you had just someone had spray painted on it the words m khan is bent uh, M dot, you know, like M dot con is bent, which is a really difficult job as well because it's a massive bridge and they'd have had to use some kind of pulley system to do it. And then I did a whole thing about how many people must have seen it over the years and whether it means gay or whether it means crooked or whatever. Over the year, I mean, it was there for like 15 years. It must be that no one must have ever given M con a job, basically, was, was the point about it. Uh, and I passed it today and mentioned to Morwenna Banks, my yes. partner, also a comedian, like your partner, also yes. a comedian. It's a bit incestuous and weird. Uh, I said to her, that's the M Carney's Bent Bridge, and she didn't have a fucking clue what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. You're, More uh, pe- your wife people used... in here, they know me better than my own partner. Your partner's uh, most famous character is uh, dressed up and she's dressed up as a little schoolgirl, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yes, I make her do I'm it every saying. night. Every night, and just I make her recite <laughs> Dickens. <laughs> it's very odd. And throw <laughs> shit at the wall. Maybe you shouldn't be having such a go at Ruskin. That's all I'm saying. It's all very well to come and have a go at Ruskin when he can't answer back. But people used to, people still write to me on Twitter occasionally and say either I am M Khan, <laughs> and they're like at M Khan because it's quite a common name, yeah. uh, or they say M Khan is bent. Ha ha. Yeah. But we had a we, well, we had uh, Morris Michener was the person we picked on in in uh, the the. the in a Newman copy show, Fist of yeah, Fun. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, and, uh, I quite liked it, because it, it, like, it was like the monkeys were to the Beatles. 
<laughs> we exactly copied your idea of having a double act that never did anything together apart from one sketch. Yeah. <laughs> we were so unlike other. each other as Vicky. Yeah. But, um, but we did Morris Michener, who was this boy who had been scared by Peter Pan at the West Yorkshire Playhouse, who was a two year old boy. And I was sort of taking the piss out and going, oh, I'm Morris Mitchell, I'm scared yeah. of fairies. No, I'm scared. Was he a real and I'm scared of life. And he's a real... And was he's it? like about 18 or 19 now. And, yeah, and occasionally uh, people go, me and mum go, uh, Morris Mitchell lives uh, in, the, in the next uh, student accommodation along from me. And I kind of wonder whether anyone's ever said, are you... I mean, we weren't that well known, so I think like it's that kind of really yeah, secret joke, so he might not know. But that's interesting, because, uh, again, the truth thing, the reflex truth thing is a problem for me. Because um, on Mary Rice Experience, we also did... We did a gag. We did a whole bit about something called the school spanner. Um, about the kid at school who wheezes himself and who's got, like, a big cotton wool thing in his glasses or whatever. It was the 90s. It was still not quite as cliched then. And, uh, and so we did this thing, and, and we did this gag in it, which involved me saying, at my school, the school spanner was called Stephen Sadie. And then it cut to Rob Newman. He said, at my school, he was called Rob Newman. That was the gag. But the point was, I could have said anyone's name, but the school spanner at my school was called Stephen Sadie, <laughs> right? And I then got a letter from his sister saying, OK, Stephen's out of the country. He won't have seen this, but what you should know is that Stephen's mum and my mum had cancer when we were at school. He was bullied. I feel awful that you've done this. You're a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I am. I'm a terrible person. I should have changed it. But something in me couldn't, because something about his name makes me think, of course he's the school spanner. He was called Stephen Sadie. And I think the really sad thing, and this, I don't think we'll get a laugh, but I just think it is true, is that School is such a cruel environment. You know, his sister said, what you didn't know is that our mother had cancer. What you didn't know is that our father was, you know, left her and blah, blah, blah. And that's, you know, if you'd known that, I thought, no, if we'd known that, we'd still have fucking bullied him, right? <laughs> that's the terrible thing about school. We all knew, I think, that he had a terrible home life. Yeah. That's why he was the school spanner. Yeah, well, kids are horrible. Kids are horrible, true. yeah. And then it is, but then it is, well, I, you know, I saw, when, I, when Frankie Boyle was, um, you know, doing all the stuff about Katie Price's son, and I kind of thought, well, that's awful, it's a real kid. And, you know, yeah. and it kind of is, and it's a real kid in that situation. Yeah, it still and, made me laugh, that joke. Yeah, but, it's, but it, it I, don't, I don't think it's that different from... I don't think his justification of it is in any way fair. You, you can either no, the justification, I, I have to say, with Frankie, and to some extent with Stuart, and all these comedians, and Ricky, and whatever, the justification is ridiculous. It's yeah. just, it's funny. If it's funny, just do it, and accept the moral whatever stuff that tumbles on your head from it. Yeah. Accept it and say, yeah, I did it because it's funny. And stop trying to find a weird intellectual argument for why it's okay. Yeah, well, it's a wrong thing. It's, the wrongness is what makes it, yeah. if it is amusing. I, I thought it was a bit horrible, but then... It is horrible, but, but it's then I thought, But then actually a bit uh, unreasonably horrible, but then I thought, but we did the same thing with Morris Michener, really. That's true. It's just he, he was, was less a, famous. He than... was a little boy, and he would never have really heard about it, and the, and the joke was on me more, I think, but it still was a real person. Yeah, yeah, so. you absolutely terrible person. And also, you've just made, named that guy Stephen again. Stephen Sadie. I mean, haven't yeah, changed yeah. his name. I still won't change his name. Yeah, yeah a proper thing. person would have changed his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I haven't, yeah, I haven't no, It was definitely it. Stephen Sadie of Five Harpenden Terrace. <laughs> do you live in Harpenden now? I do live in Harpenden. That, that is, I think, where he lived. You're not him. Are you? <laughs> I've come to get That's you. That's where he lived. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined my life, Baddiel. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the Mary Wise house experience. It always seemed an odd combination of people to me, even when I was watching it at the time. Mm. How, did it, how did it get together that you and Rob and Hunter Dennis... Dennis ended up doing this TV show Well, it was just together. put together. I remember because Rob Newman once said, 
that doing a show with a comedy show with Panda Dance is like trying to do a concept album with Shawaddy Waddy. <laughs> and, and I always thought, I, and then sort of people, when Rob became less famous, people started to say that I said that in the way that people can only sort of stick with the person they know. Yeah. And I'm really like Panda Dennis. They're so, a, they are really funny, and B, they're really lovely people. And I thought, oh no, now I have to apologise for something I never said. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, it was. We seemed an odd combination. Whatever you think of them, I think it just no, seemed so it an, was an odd combination. But we were just put together by Radio One. Well, the story is, the history is, without going into great detail, is someone who you. Uh, you used to take the piss out of a lot, Patrick Marber. Yes. I don't know if you know Patrick Marber, the playwright. Has anyone heard of him? Yes. Yeah. They used to constantly, you and Stuart, take the piss out of him. Why was that? Well, he was a bit of a dick, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was really because um, the reason we did it was a jo- it was kind of a joke, but he was when we well, probably wrote, not for him when I we wrote think. on the app. Well, he was quite unpleasant to us. He, he was very ambitious, I think it's fair to say, yeah. uh, and kind of used us a little bit to get further on when we were writing stuff. He did a, we did a sketch show with him. Uh, in Edinburgh, but I think he just wanted us to write it and he wouldn't really let us do any of the parts of it when he won't even realise we wanted to be in it. Uh, But when we, on the hour, it all kind of went a bit pear-shaped for us and went to TV, he was the only one who was sort of delighted about it (laughs) and everyone else was a bit embarrassed, including Armando, who kind of had to make the decision of saying, oh, well, you're not going to be in it then because of these reasons. Well, Patrick Marber, hang on, my story. Uh, Patrick Marber, Patrick Marber, he did... And he's Jewish, that's the other reason. That's the other reason. Other reason you hate him. Uh, Patrick Marber <laughs> did a show on Radio One, Radio One's first ever attempt to do comedy, called Hey Radio with three R's. Yes. Very crap. Hey Radio! Ex- exclamation mark. Uh, and uh, me and Rob Newman were asked to write for that show. I can't remember why. And then the show got taken off. And then Radio One said they want to do another comedy show with us. But they brought in Punter Dennis. And actually, on the radio, it also had Mark Thomas and Joe Brand and Jack D doing stand up in it and right. skint video doing music and all sorts of things. It was much more of a big sort of late 80s, early 90s cabaret show. And then when it went to TV, it was just us and Punter Dennis. Right. Uh, but we were, we were put together. It's I mean, true. you and Rob were kind of put together as well. Were you, no, that's not you, true. Did you know? no. no, no, that's not true. Well, I was doing stand up on the cabaret circuit and I, I'd known this bloke in. Uh, do people know who I'm talking about? Because some people might be young. Uh, okay, uh, Rob, Rob Newman, who I was in a double act with, uh, he was also at Cambridge, something that I think he hides even more than you. Um, but he was a very mental bloke at Cambridge. Like, you know, he was basically smashing up his room the whole time and crazy or whatever. And I, I met him there, and then he vanished. And then I kept on bumping into him in London after I left Cambridge. Thought he was a stalker. This is absolutely true. I thought he's a psychotic stalker. But I actually think I'm completely a fundamentalist atheist, and yet I think this had some vague, small crap destiny to it. Because why do I keep bumping into this bloke? And then there was a radio show. This is too dull. Uh, but it is a comedy podcast. No, it's fine. There was a radio show called Weekending. Do you remember that? I do. I wrote for it. Uh, yeah, the Weekending. And uh, you were allowed... Anyone was allowed... Thanks for the round of applause for Weekending. Uh, and you were allowed to just turn up on the street and write for it. And so I was doing that. And then Rob Newman turned up. And I thought, right, he is a stalker. I'm calling the police. <laughs> but after a while, I thought, no, he's funny. And we started writing together. And then we were uh, a double act. I no, thought there might be a pause. If this was America, there'd be a round oh, yeah. of applause then. More, Here, just dead silence. Morecambe and Wise. Morecambe and Wise. Um, it's a very similar story with Morecambe and Wise. So they worked together for a long time and then it didn't really work out and they didn't yeah. work with each other. And then they just happened to walk past each other in Charing Cross Road one day and then said, oh, let's get back together and do more stuff. I think that maybe when they were even younger. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was... I definitely remember that from the, the book. They, there was a, at least a point where they'd done stuff together. They might not have done the double app, but then they bumped into each other right. accidentally and kind of uh, got together. So yeah. very similar. Yeah, very similar things. Except you did the you did the first um, kind of stadium tour thing, yeah. the stadium gig. Well, yeah, we did we did big rooms yeah. uh, on our last tour, and then we did a gig at Wembley. 
which people talk about. Uh, and sometimes some comedy... Are there any comedy obsessives in? People who consider them a comedy obsessive in? Yeah, one person. So do, would you say that... Well, some people say, it says on Wikipedia and stuff, that Sean Locke was the first comedian uh, who played Wembley <laughs> Arena. And sometimes people say to me, they realise how Sean Locke, he was the first person, because he was your support act. Bollocks. What he was, he was in sketches with us. So he came on in sketches, and in fact we were still the first people to play Wembley. Right, but now that's fucking nothing. Now Michael McIntyre <laughs> sells out the O2 for 50 years. So, so playing I'm Wembley in the, uh, I'm in the video of you at uh, Wembley. But yeah, you are. remember this? <laughs> you are, yeah. I start talking to the audience. Yeah. Rather foolhardily, I start talking to an enormous 12,000-seater audience, and yeah. then I see you, and you really confused me. <laughs> oh, no, I arrived just... late. I was going out with Sally Phillips at the time. You were going arrived... out with Sally Phillips? Yeah, and I write, see, I was doing all right, wasn't I? And then yeah. I... Um... <laughs> She's a Christian. Uh, well, she wasn't then. I turned after. I, I, it was after me. Pity. It was after Christian to, pity, wasn't it? After me, she moved on to Jesus. No, uh, did she? Uh, yeah, only Jesus. She, 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 me. she moved up. She graded up to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we we'd gone for a bur- there as well. We'd gone for a burger and then we realised the show started half an hour earlier than we thought, and right. so we kind of rushed in. And you were in mid. You were mid routine. Yeah, we were sitting right at the front. I mean, it's so unlikely yeah. you'd be late at Wembley and go, we'll probably be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we were lighting right in the front row. Yeah, well, you probably didn't because we put it in the round, yeah. which is also a bit weird, yeah. to be honest. Uh, and our, and uh, also, you probably wouldn't have thought, well, he probably won't be doing any chatting to the audience in a stadium. But in fact, that's apparently all I did, as far as I remember. And then I spoke to you for quite a long time. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can get the uh, videos, it's still out on, <laughs> it's on DVD. It's a bit like this. Is it available? Yeah. Uh, on, uh, only, then, only then more people came. <laughs> <laughs> See how, the, how times See have changed. How times have changed. Yeah, <laughs> 150 people. Yeah, that's and that's most of them have come to see Nick Frost, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there could have been at least a no amongst it. Just someone could have gone like did a dead bad way. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to hold it. It's going all right. It's this, this, this difficult. You know, we'll get, we'll get through this. It's a difficult uh, second. Uh, now, now, the thing I want to talk to you about... <laughs> well said, it's Richard. Well it's difficult, isn't it? It's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> the people I won't have to listen to them both straight after each other. They're, they're going to have to be a time off. Go, fucking Richard Herring. I wish we'd shut up for a second. Um, this is a, this, I, I think there's a lot of very unfair things said about you. I'm going to read one of them out. Oh, thank you for that. That's uh, nice of you. But I do, do get, like, you, and I think this all applies to me, and I don't get things like this, um, apart from talentless. Uh, but deal. Are you actually going to read it out verbatim? Yeah, I'm going to read it out. You're not going to sort of filter it at I'm all? I'm not. But, but deal. Okay, you need a bit of work with David Frost, I but think, deal, about interviewing. But deal is a talentless nerd. Yeah who seems convinced that swear words, confessions and whining self-pity will be enough to get audiences on side. That's really not the worst thing that's been said about me. I'm not that mean. Let me tell you you some other things that have been said about me. Uh, Julie Birchall... Uh, who some of you will know, once said this thing. She, uh, she used to slag me off every week, and then there was a column uh, that she did about America, and I thought, oh, she won't slag me off in, in this one, I don't think. And then I was just reading it, thinking, I'm oh, OK. And she said this thing. She said, America has done more harm to this country and its people than Nazi Germany, fascist Japan, and David Baddiel put together. <laughs> and, and then... 
And then there was another thing, I remember when Three Lions came out, this was kind of amazing in a way, which was, uh, you know, it was doing really well, I was really proud of it, and everyone, you know, everyone was singing, and I thought, this can't, can't go wrong, this has got to be a good thing. And, uh, and then I read an article in Q magazine, I've stopped reading anything about myself now, <laughs> uh, an article in Q magazine that said, um, it started off again really well, and I thought, this is going to be okay. It said, uh, in the, uh, Three Lions is really great, and in the future, people will actually think of it like a golden thing, like as better than it was. In the future, they, it said, folk memory will have erased the memory of David Baddiel singing just as it has erased the memory of corpse robbers during the Blitz. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, I'm almost... <laughs> I'm almost proud to be insulted on that scale. And I wondered, I wondered if there were corpse robbers thinking, oh, that's not very fair. That's how... <laughs> We were amongst the first people to hear uh, th- the Three Lions song. Were you? Because uh, we, we, our office was in Avalon, which is now a Premier Inn, just across the road from here. Oh, is it? Yeah, I just noticed as I walked past. Is Lenny Henry in there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he may be. But I was very surprised to see that. It used to be Avalon's offices, and we used to have an office there, and they were play- I don't know if you had an office, but they played no. Three Lions. And Stuart Lee turned to me and said, it sounds like the fucking Wombles. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's the worst thing that's ever been said about me. <laughs> and he was convinced it wouldn't be successful because he's, yeah. he's very much into his music and yeah, that was is, not yeah. up with the American guitar rock, <laughs> obscure rock. Yeah, I don't know what he was expecting from, no, from your anthem. So. Your but how does it feel? In fact, one of the guys here... No, hold um, on, let's go back to the... Who wrote, who wrote that horrible I don't know who it was. Someone in the Telegraph quoted it saying a journalist said this. It might be... Well, just, someone else said yeah, it. They were too frightened to yeah, admit to saying might, it. It might just have been him and saying, I'll say a journalist, I am a journalist. No, but you, you know, I got, I've had loads of nasty stuff said about me. But every, everyone, a lot of people do who get on telly and stuff. They and do, then I get they... more, I got more stuff. I think because I arrived at a time when uh, I think it was like it came just after the first wave of like alternative comedy, and all those people were very political and very much pretending to be kind of working class and whatever. And I didn't really do that. I think I was fairly open about having gone to Cambridge and whatever. And then. Because, I'm, because what I am, actually am is just kind of lower middle class and clever and got to Cambridge. So I talked about the stuff that interests me, which was football and pop music and sex and whatever. And so that didn't quite fit the kind of Stephen Fry mould of a bloke who'd gone to Cambridge either. And so I think what critics can't really bear is someone who doesn't fit into those boxes. Yeah, it just, it just fucks them off, I think. And also I was shit. <laughs> that, uh, that was the other but I don't know. You were. I, I saw you do stand up in the in the early eighties when we were early nineties. When Thanks. we were, thank I'm you. So you school. Just yeah. <laughs> school. Yeah. I'd read that you did, you did a very cruel uh, review of, of your of your teachers at uh, my uh, school. That was the first school. time I did stand up. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So no, I could I, have done the scene in the eighties. Yeah. I did. We did a sketch show, a show and it was. It went really well. I nearly got expelled. <laughs> and I was cool. I was cool at school for the first time ever, and wow. that's why I decided to do comedy. But yeah, but your stand-up was, you know, there were the, you would. I think it, there was, there was quite. Um, oh, I'm just too tired to carry. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we just stop there? Oh. Shall we just stop with you going no. oh, for fuck's sake? <laughs> oh Jesus! But it was quite distinctive. Richard's there lost was the a world lot, to live. When I started doing stand-up, I actually, I didn't like anything anyone else was doing, and yeah. I, I was in a position where I, uh, I was sort of trying to do what I thought people would want me to do, and what the promoters would want, and what the audience would want. And I actually had very little respect for the vast majority of stand-ups, which was a lot of very cliched. Then I got off the bus star material. Yeah. And I think you were doing something very distinctive and, uh, and original and one-off. And one but there was, there definitely was, the, you know, having come from Oxford as well, there was this real feeling 
uh, of the, the, the Oxbridge people would get on. And then, yeah. you know, in five years, both of us had our own TV series. <laughs> That's true, but in actual, in actual fact, when I, people sometimes say... Oh no! You went to Cambridge, and you were in Cambridge Footlights, so that's the way into comedy, and blah blah blah. But actually, in 1981, the history is in 1981 when Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie came came out of Footlights, they got straight onto TV. It was still, and that was always happening at that time. Then Ben Elton and all those people appeared, and the Comedy Store, and having been to Cambridge and having done Footlights was like the fucking worst thing you could have done. Yeah. I would literally, uh, in 1986, I remember phoning up the comedy store just around the corner from here. So a lot of people do that when they tell stories about London. They give the geography. They say, that was in the old Cadogan Square. Anyway, i become an old cunt like that. But it was just over there. I phoned them up and they said, have you ever done stand-up before? And I rather proudly said, yes, I was vice president of the Cambridge Footlights. And they literally put the phone down. They put the phone down. I rung back about sort of 50 minutes later with a disguised voice and I said have you ever done stand-up I said no never and I got an open spot about sort of you know five weeks later and then I had to pretend for a while that I, I hadn't done that but I couldn't can't really pretend yeah. I've got an actual autistic fear of lying and pretend because that's like I'm just, that's why I'm not an actor people like, occasionally I get asked to act in stuff and uh, it's always like Nope. It's always like basically a kind of sarky North London Jew is the part. And I can only do, I can only be me. I can't even do any accents. I get really embarrassed if someone asks me to do an accent. It's because of a terrible fear I've got of not being me. <laughs> even if that bloke who hates me, he should understand I can't be anything else. I can only be me. I, I, think, it's, I think it's kind of enormously unfair. But I mean, you, maybe it's about success and maybe it's about... You've always kind of been there, and, you know. And, and <laughs> well, you've always kind of, you know, like Mary White's experience ended, and then you were straight Fancy into the next ball. thing. Yeah. So you know, so it's like you're all. Whilst you're up there, they're going to kind of knock you down a bit. That's true. Especially. That's true. I'm hoping the level of fame dipping will mean slightly less of that. We'll yes. see. So anyway, look. Before we go, we'll talk about what you're doing now. And you're oh, well, obviously, right. I'm just on the street now. I'm it's homeless. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, uh, I've got a novel out now, which uh, is in the foyer, and you can buy it, and I'll sign it wow. if you want. Uh, we can whistle, and I'll sign it. And so I've Will you be in now. the foyer for the people listening at home? Will you wait in the foyer for, wait. <laughs> for the next week? Or, well, maybe yeah, if you want, I can put months. a whole series of addresses in <laughs> where I'll be, and they can follow me around. Uh, and I've, uh, I, I, the, uh, I wrote a film called The Infidel, which came out last year or two years ago, and... Uh, there's a musical of that uh, oh. happening at Stratford Theatre Royal and then I'm also uh, Is right. Ahmed going to be in that as well? Or is it I don't be? think he is No uh, Well I think he wants to be but I think when you do a musical of a film, it's not usual to have the person from the film in it, is it? Because <laughs> no, I went not. to see like The Graduate, and it didn't have Dustin Hoffman in it. That would have been weird. Be Especially because he's much an, too old now to seduce an older woman. Yeah. Yeah, so and Bancroft's skeleton. And Bancroft's skeleton, so, yeah. You'd be, be able to position the leg shot pretty well still. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, that's really upset this person. Yeah. Who's got, How oh, dare, that was the low point, wasn't it? Not yeah. all the Anne Frank stuff. Did you hear what he said about Anne Bancroft? <laughs> just Anne. He just goes <laughs> on about Anne's. Uh, and, uh, and I'm writing a new movie at the moment, cool. which uh, I think might happen. What's your novel called for the people? The novel is called... Is it available in shops? It's available in the shops. <laughs> yeah, I haven't right, just okay. written it on some paper and <laughs> hope to get it around your house. Uh, you know, it's called The Death of Eli Gold uh, and sounds more Jewish than it is. <laughs> I was thinking about that because I, I did write this piece for the New Statesman about not wanting to be seen as Britain's Mr. Jew because there are only about three... Who could you name in Britain who's a British well-known Jew? Alan Sugar, yes. <laughs> Apart from ones I've mentioned already. Michael Howard. 
Michael Howard. Oh. Interestingly, Michael Howard, uh, was it Anne Whittacombe says that he's got something of the night about her. She meant something of the Jew, didn't she? That's what she meant. Uh, good one. Michael Howard, anyone, anyone else? The Hitchens brothers. No, I think they were. Were they Jewish? I don't even know if they're Jewish. But my point is, there there aren't that many. So I get asked every fucking program about religion. (laughs) They ask me to be the Jew in it or whatever. I was in the first series of Who Do You Think You Are, basically, as the Jew in it or whatever. And so I'm completely out, and I like. Uh, being Jewish. It's a fucking brilliant thing to be even though I'm a fundamentalist atheist but culturally it's a brilliant thing to be Uh, and there's lots of very funny Jewish comedians like Larry David and Woody Allen and all those people so I'm really happy to be you know Jewish and a comedian just just to be in their company but I don't want to be Britain's Mr. Jew so at the same time so when I wrote The Death of Eli Gold I thought I should change his name (laughs) but then I didn't I didn't because it felt like the right name and then actually there's a show called The Good Wife in America, in which Alan Cummings plays a character called Eli Gold. Right. So that fucked that up too. <laughs> so, there we go. But it's a good book, if I say so myself. I'll have, a, I'll, have a, I'll have a read of it. Have you ever shaved your beard off at any point, or is it always? Yeah, I didn't used to have a beard. You saw me in the eighties and nineties. But I was a kid. You man. saw me when I was a little boy. Since you've had that. Uh, no, I, well, well, like you, yeah. right? I, I assume is that I only have a beard. I don't really want a beard because it's grey and makes you look a bit like a tramp. Not as much as Richard's does, but a little bit uh, because I'm fat. And I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that the beard gives me a slight sense of a fake jaw, like <laughs> like makeup. Is that wrong? Do you think I look thin because of the beard? Because <laughs> that's what I think. I think I look fatter. Yeah. Well, I remember comic relief. 2003 or something. Nikki, like, it was really unfunny. We did, we did Brazil's Gonna Run Plan very late at night. We went on very late. It was quite shit. And then, as one of the things that happened is Nikki Clark was in the audience, the uh, um, DJ. Uh, yeah, DJ. Not the DJ, no. The hairdresser. Oh, the hairdresser. Who's the DJ? Nikki. Who's the DJ? Nikki Campbell, I'm thinking of. Yeah. It's late, isn't it? I'm yeah, just, it's late. Gonna... Anyway, he shaved my beard off live, and then I just looked like a really kind of Billy Bunterish <laughs> Jew. I'm saying Jew again. Uh, I just looked really fat, and I think, I think that's the only reason I have it. Right. So I would shave it off if I got thin. Okay. Let's go do my... I'll give you my app. That you can, <laughs> we can do it together. We can okay. compete against each yeah. other. Okay. We can. That's uh, 150 calories, that bottle of beer. Bottle of beer, yeah, I know. I, I can't... I find it very difficult not to eat nice things. Yeah, it's just... That's what I find. And yet he hasn't sucked his own cock. Uh, <laughs> I have. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, have you missed the start of the show? <laughs> Look, let's uh, put everyone out of their misery. Is it not time to uh, go? No, it's nearly time to go. We're going to do a competition quiz no, where okay. people can win all this amazing stuff. The all ch- this... snooker chalk. Four snooker chalk. That's enough snooker chalk. If you don't never play snooker to keep you going for eternity. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and uh, the nice stuff. But do we have to stand up? We can, we can stand It makes it easier to stand up. What we're going to do is make some statements that are either true or false. This is only for the people playing here in the theatre. You can't win this stuff. Oh, there's also two tickets to see um, the sold out Armando Yanucci and Graham Linehan gig in a couple of weeks. Stuart Lee next week sold out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> I'm in all of them, so I can't fucking talk. I mean, yeah. it's not that, it, yeah. just, it just shows me my own appeal. Yeah. Stuart Lee sold out straight away. Uh, so um, you can win those and the Andrew Collins book, Hot Fuzz, all this yeah, But you hate stuff. Andrew Collins now, you told me. Yeah, that was. Uh, I didn't say I hated him, I just said I don't work with him. <laughs> that has to stay in that bit. That's, it will do. Okay. I say horrible things about him, I'm trying to be nicer about him. He's a very sweet man. Look, look, when he was, he's got a picture of him as a little boy on the front. We'll have to keep that away from David, but. Uh, 
Who could hate him? He's lovely. He's a yeah. lovely young man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, you'll get uh, the new story, The Depraved Sex Acts of Penguins, Shocked Polar Explorers. And uh, you can get my name badge from the British Humanist Association conference this weekend. That's so, nice. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, so, so how does it work? We'll then? make some statements that are either true or false. You have to decide if they're true or false. You need to all stand up for this. If you think the statement is true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom, the seat of all falsehood. And uh, then we will... If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. It's an honour system. But if you see anyone cheating, do point them out and slap them in the face hard. <laughs> So we'll start off, uh, true or false, M. Khan is bent. Is that true or false? Well, I don't know if it is true or false. <laughs> I just there was an appendix on the bridge <laughs> saying, I can detest that this is true. We'll, uh, Here he is having sex with fal- One man's gone for false, he could win right now. That yeah. one doesn't count, that was just a bit of fun. You are, I, think, I think you're right. That was, was just a bit of fun. Have you got, have you got one, Dave? Uh, my middle name is Lionel. True or False. Don't say it. That's giving. Don't give a clue to people who could admittedly just look where you put your hands. If they. Yes, that is true. That is true. Okay. So, sit down. so what does that mean? That the people who got it wrong have to sit oh, down. Okay. These people are still in it. Uh, during uh, the interval, I checked um, the BBC website, and the very sad news is coming. <laughs> the newsreader. It's, 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 the newsreader Kenneth Kendall has. Sadly, dies. Is that true? Is that <laughs> Did true? he die about 15 years ago? <laughs> he didn't die 15 years ago. He was alive at the beginning of this podcast. Oh. As he sadly died. Did he watch died. the podcast and then die? He sadly died. That is false. I do that one every week. If you listen every week, you'd know that. So I got, I got rid of one person there. But at least they're not a fan of the podcast. That's... And I was laughing as I did it. You think I'm a monster? You got another uh, one, David? Uh, I have got off with two of the Spice Girls. True or false? Seems unlikely. Well, I, well, I can't remember what the hand thing means now. Yeah, I, just, it I just feel like a children's they... entertainer playing Simple Simon. Uh, yes, it's true. It is oh, yeah. true. Just snogged. It was yeah. just snogs. That's still getting off. That counts as getting uh, it was uh, Melanie B, who I really wanted to go off with at the time, and Melanie C, who I didn't. Uh, but she was there, and I felt it would be impolite, you know, not to <laughs> snog her a bit. I like, I like Mel, so you can jump. That's why I... Yeah. Jumping, jumping women. That so we're getting, we're getting down to it. We are getting, starting to get down. I've just, uh, I've so do they win to... all this stuff, one person? They win all this stuff, one person's going to win all of these amazing things. Okay. Actually, it's time should... for you to say a true I, thing. I know, it's I, was, I was, wish I'd done that one about the Wombles as, uh, as the true thing. Uh, Stuart Lee, the, uh, the opera director, yeah. <laughs> amongst many other things, uh, attended Eton School. Is that true or false? Don't shout it out. <laughs> You're allowed to shout out. You might be telling this woman is necessarily correct. The answer is she was correct. It's false. He went to Solihull Grammar School. Oh. So sit down if you've got it wrong so people didn't make sure no one cheats. Uh, I have a cat called Chairman Meow. <laughs> that is true. Um, David Badil. Went to school, the same school as Sasha Baron Cohen. Is that true or false? Is that true? That is true. That's true. That's true. Uh, David Baddiel went to the same school as Matt Lucas. Is that true? 
That is also true. Oh. So, no one's sitting down now. Uh, I think they've all got it right. Uh, this one, Nick Frost's wife is called Marianella. Is that true or false? A lot of people gone for true. This could... Uh, it is false. Ooh. Who's still in? Who's still in? There's two still no, in. Two. She's called. Okay. A lot of newspapers think she's called Marianella, but it's a mistake on uh, What's Wikipedia. What's she actually uh, Chris, I want to say You Christina. have to know the answer to prove that it's false. I know she's not called that. I've forgotten. It's oh. too late in the evening. What a rubbish quiz master. <laughs> look it up, but okay. don't look on Wikipedia. William Hague is a closet homosexual. <laughs> true or false? Two true or false? It. Man's gone for true. If you go, uh, they both gone for Obviously true. Obviously, it's true. So, so they both, both gone for true. I don't know. I just said that. <laughs> um, let me see. You've got to come up with a dividing thing. Well, they've got to make a, a we'll get to the point thing. where they have to make uh, a decision. Uh, Nick Frost's film is called Cuban Dancing. Is that true or false? They've both gone for false. It is false. We can't divide them. The next question, okay. one of you have to whoever goes okay. for the Paul answer first. Paul aka Dennis Penis has a small part in my film The Infidel, true or false. Whoever goes first for things. She's gone for true, so you have to go for false at the back. It's true. It's true. What's your name? Lizzie. Congrats. No, Lucy. Nikki. Nikki. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You've got you don't care about names, do you? Nick Frost, wife's name. I've met Nikki in a, in a bar before. I have. There you go. In Hitchin. You met her in Hitchin. <laughs> just hang out in Harpenden and Hitchin. There and you go. Just and those as well. Very importantly, you get those things as well. Oh, and that thing. Thank you very much. Well, well done to thank Nikki you. from Hitchin. And uh, thank you for being here to everyone who came. Felt like a long night. And thank you to my guest, David Badiol. There he is. You've been listening to Richard Herring's That's Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my special guest, David Badiol. And it was produced by Ben Walker, uh, and uh, the music was by Pest. We all know that. We don't need to go over that again. And thank you to everyone in the world, but especially Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guide and everyone at iTunes and my mum, Barbara Herring, and my dad, TK Herring, and everyone else. Listen in next week. This has been a Fuzz Production and a Sky Potato Production combined. Nice. How'd you like them Sky Potatoes? <laughs> Thanks for listening. As always, there's uh, stuff if you want to... This is free, but if you want to pay some money to thank me, uh, lots of, there's lots of ways of doing that. Um, you could buy a ticket to see Talking Cock on tour. Uh, in preview in Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm also doing Rich Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, of course, in Edinburgh. So if you go to edfringe.com, you can buy tickets for both of those shows. Go to richherring.com slash gigs to see what other gigs I'm doing with Talking Cock. Um, ben Walker, our producer, uh, is uh, also producing Do the Right Thing, which you can see uh, live on June the 26th at the Phoenix uh, with Katie Brand as a guest. It's very, very exciting. Uh, and I felt there was something else I wanted to plug. Oh, yeah, you can listen to Me 1 versus Me 2 Snooker. There's a new frame up there if you haven't had enough free stuff and if you want to be punished slightly. Uh, the frame 14 of Me 1 versus Me 2 Snooker is now up at the British Comedy Guide and on iTunes, comedy.com slash podcasts. Thanks, bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>